0: God's Little Brown Church Sermon Series, featuring Pastor Andrew Chrysler. Praise the Lord. I want to talk this morning about the light of life. Way back in the garden, God formed Adam from the dust of the earth and breathed the breath of life in him and Adam became a living soul. And God brought all of the animals to Adam trying to find a a suitable companion and none was found. So uh, so God put Adam to sleep and took his rib according to scripture and formed Eve. Hava in Hebrew. And she became the mother of all living. And God said, for this cause a man will leave his father and mother and cleave only unto his wife, and they two shall become one flesh. I have no idea why I started on that tangent. None at all. Because i wanted to talk about the light of life. And I'm going to start in Job. So why I started in Genesis, I don't know. I really don't. But like a lot of things I say up here, I'm surprised when it comes out of my mouth, but it fits. So I'm going to figure out a little bit later how that fits with what I'm going to say. So we'll see how, what God is doing. In the book of Job, in Job chapter, 20, or chapter 33... Elihu is talking to Job. Now, you remember Elihu. He's the one that sat there quietly while Job's other friend told him he's a sinner. And Job's like, no, I'm not. And then finally, Elihu steps up, and he says, I've been quiet. I'm the young guy here. I've been, I've been biting my tongue in the, the, the common vernacular, the, the, the language of the day. He said, but finally, it reached the point. I have to say something. And here in chapter 33, beginning with verse 23, or leading up to it, Elihu has been talking to Job about when things are going wrong in someone's life. Maybe because of their outward sin, maybe not, but things are going wrong in someone's life. And in, when he gets down to verse 23, He says, if there is a a messenger for him, a mediator, one among a thousand, to show a man his righteousness, and the his is capitalized. If there is a person that can come into into someone's life and tell them, I may not understand what's going on, but let me tell you about God who works in lives. And he begins to talk to talk." If there is a messenger to him, someone can come to someone who is in turmoil, who is in, uh, in affliction, in, in just wrapped up, and begin to talk about the goodness of God. Says, Then he that is God is gracious to him and says, Deliver him from going down to the pit. I have found a ransom. His flesh shall be young like a child's, and he shall return to the days of his youth. He shall pray to God and God will delight in him he will delight in him and have sh- sh- and he the person shall see God's face with joy when a person is completely overwhelmed by their circumstances if someone can come to them and begin to talk about the goodness of God and they get receptive then they can begin to see God at work. I don't understand why I'm going through this affliction, but I know God is good. Since I know God is good, I have to know that there's more going on here than I understand. Elihu is telling Job this. says, Then he looks at men and says, I have sinned and perverted what is right, and it did not profit me. What he says is, if we begin to share, if, if a messenger comes into a person's life and they're in the midst of the turmoil and, and begins to talk about the goodness of God so that the person begins receptive and says, you know what? I have sinned. Maybe I didn't do all this other stuff over here these guys were accusing me of, but there was something in my life that wasn't right. Elihu is, is beginning to talk to Job about coming to a point where we see issues in our life and recognize that we are not perfect before God. In um, in the book of Revelation, in the, in the letters to the seven churches, and I don't remember which, well actually, in just about every one of them. I think all but one. Jesus talking to the angel of the church of Sardis, Pergamos, To the angel of these churches write, These things saith he that fill in the blank. But he always goes, I have not found your works perfect before God. When we look at the word of God in a mirror, I don't know about you, but my works have not been perfect before God. I need to draw closer to the Lord. So Elihu, talking to Job, says, as a, as a messenger, as a as a person comes and begins to share, begins to talk about the goodness of God, if the, if the person they're talking to will take the time to reflect, they will reach the point where they say, I need to draw closer to the Lord. I, my works have not been perfect. I have sinned and perverted what was right, and it did not profit me. Verse 28 He will redeem his soul from going down to the pit, and his life shall see the light. Behold, God works all of these things twice, in fact, three times with a man, to bring back his soul from the pit, that he may be enlightened by the light of life. Stop right there for a minute. God works in people's lives to draw them to himself. Elihu told Job right here, God's two times, three times, trying to get someone's attention. Looking back in our own lives, how many times did God try to get your attention before you listened? For me, it was quite a bit. For me, sometimes it continues to be quite a bit. Sometimes I have to... God has to... A person used to attend here says... Yeah, God would hit me with a two before. Sometimes it feels like that. Sometimes it feels like we go through a bit for God to get our attention. But as we begin to say, you're right. You're holy and I am not. You are righteous and I am not. And as we confess our faults, as we confess our sins before the Lord, as we draw close to Him, as we realize that we have fallen short, when we see our lives in light of Scripture, and we humble ourselves before God, then God gives us the light of life. Give ear, Job, and listen to me, verse, uh, verse 31. Hold your peace and I will speak. And if you have anything to say, answer me. Speak it, and i, and I for I desire to justify you. Job says, come on, let's reason together. God says this in, in uh, Isaiah, I believe it is. Come, let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, they will be as white as snow. It's in one of the major prophets, it's Isaiah or Jeremiah, but I believe it's Isaiah. But Elihu said, Job, I don't have to know what's going on to know that God is righteous and to know that each and every one of us falls short. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All we like sheep have gone astray and turned everyone, turned everyone to his own way, yet the Lord laid upon him, upon Jesus, the iniquity of us all. We all need Jesus. The day I think I've got it all together is the day God reveals I don't. Praise God. It means He's not done. It means He hasn't given up on me. He is still at work in each of us to draw us closer to Him, to give us that light of life, to redeem our lives from destruction. Praise God. In John 8 beginning with verse 7 only because I didn't want to go back up the woman's taken in adultery brought, brought before Jesus Jesus is teaching in, in the temple they bring in this woman she was taken in adultery now the law of Moses says such a one is, is to be stoned what do you say? so if Jesus says no, let her go then she's, he's breaking the law of Moses if Jesus says stone her he's breaking the law of the Romans because they weren't allowed to put anybody to death Trying to get, trying to trick Jesus. How are you going to trap him? But he sits down and begins writing in the dirt. And because he didn't answer, they asked again. And he says, let him who is without sin cast the first stone. And begins to write in the dirt again. And starting from the oldest to the youngest, they all wandered away. Actually, I actually got... I summarized farther than I needed to. Verse 7. So when they continued to ask him, he raised himself up and said, He who is without sin among you, let, us, let him throw a stone at her first. And again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. Then those who heard it, being convinced by their, by their conscience, convicted by their conscience, went out one by one, beginning with the oldest even to the last. And Jesus was left alone and the woman standing in the midst. When Jesus had raised himself up and saw no one but the woman, he said to her, Woman, where are, those thys, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? And she said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said to her, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He that follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Jesus never said the woman didn't sin. He said, don't do it. Go and sin no more. I don't condemn you. She was brought in, into Jesus' midst. You know she's terrified. You also know that they broke the law of Moses themselves because it's impossible for one person to be taken in adultery. you really have to have two. But they never brought him. They brought her. Those around, here she is. She is shamed. She is publicly accused. She is ridiculed. She is being used as a tool to even try to trick Jesus. And through all of that, he says, I don't condemn you. Go and sin no more. And then he says, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. It's not like there's a paragraph break. It's the same setting, the same scenario. This was a preamble to what Jesus just said. In the midst of all of that, Jesus says, this is an example of how we live. This is an example of how we walk. I am the light of the world. If anyone walk after me. He shall not walk in darkness. But have the light of life. Right after he's just said. I don't condemn you. Go and sin no more. Elihu told Job. When a person is. Is is overwhelmed in a situation, whether they're afflicted or whatever the situation is, if someone comes to him and begins talking about the goodness of God, and they hear and they repent, then God delivers their life from destruction. Jesus said, neither do I condemn you, go and sin no more. Here's how you have the light of life. John 1, beginning with verse 1, says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. The light of Jesus shining through us, it's the light of life and as we allow God to work in our hearts, change our hearts it manifests, it's visible to the people around us they may not see a beacon of light shining out from our faces but they should be able to see that there's something different, you don't act like everyone around the um, those that those uh, that work as first responders, firefighters, police officers, even military, are noted as different because in the time of gunfire or in the time of danger where everybody else is running away, they're running in to help. With the Holy Spirit working inside of us, we should be the ones coming in to help Everyone is in a panic round about us. Maybe there's a flood. Maybe there's a, some disaster, some sort of turmoil. If God is working in us, if God is working through us, he makes opportunities for us to share his love even in the midst of that turmoil. Having that light of life, having that difference, the, the Holy Spirit shining through us, giving life making us so that we recognize that if we're absent from the body, we're present with the Lord. So we're not afraid of the natural things. It's more of a focus on how can I be light? How can I help? What can I do in someone else's life? How can I be there? How can I help? As God changes, as God works through us. Matthew 15 beginning with verse 29. It says, Jesus departed there and skirted the Sea of Galilee, and he went, down, he went up on the mountain and sat down there. And great multitudes came to him, having with them the lame, blind, mute, maimed, and many others. And they laid them down at Jesus' feet, and he healed them. So the multitude marveled when they saw the mute speaking and the maimed made whole and the the lame walking and the blind seeing, and they glorified the God of Israel. Are we ministering to those around us that are hurting? Jesus healed them. And I don't claim to have... The ability to go up and lay hands on somebody and they get healed because of me. But I know that God heals people today. Um, This past summer, we had a couple come and and, uh, join us one Sunday. They've been here many times over the years. Uh, He is a Methodist minister. Uh, had been in St. Simons Island, Georgia. I'm not quite sure exactly where he's at now, but he's in the eastern part of Georgia. And he is legally blind. Um, they came to visit a few years ago, several years ago, the other day. Everybody remembers the other day. It could be, you know, quite a ways back. We had a lady that was attending the church, and she was very upset she was losing her eyesight the doctors had told her it was a genetic condition and there wasn't anything they could do for her and she happened to say that this one sunday when this couple was here and at the end of service he asked my permission and he prayed for her he asked my permission and her permission and but he prayed for her he prayed for her her eyes And as he prayed for her eyes, the vision loss stopped. Over a short period of time after that, her vision was restored. God heals people. Mentioned this before, I was 12 years old. In my church, this visiting minister came in and he did not have a left eye. He had lost it in a farm accident, a piece of bailing wire, took his eye right out. And he was prayed for, and God healed him. And he could see through an empty eye socket. I watched as they taped up his right eye, which was the only eyeball he had. He took out his glass eye, he had an empty eye socket. And he read my father's driver's license with an empty eye socket. And he said, if I came to you and I told you that I lost my eye and God gave me another one, you'd say, praise the Lord, brother, that's wonderful. He said, you will remember this. I'm 63. That was 51 years ago. I can still picture this man with his right eye taped up with an empty eye socket reading my father's driver's license. My God can do anything. There is nothing he cannot do. There is no sickness he cannot take care of. I don't understand why God heals some and not the others. One day I will know and not and one day I will know even as I am known. One day I'll understand why God does things. One day I'll understand why God took a blind man to pray for a woman who was losing her sight, restored her sight. He's still a blind man. I don't understand why God does the things that he's doing. What I understand is the light of life changes us. I am not the person that I used to be. Praise God. And my wife says, Amen. I'm not the person that I used to be. But I know a holy God is at work. And knowing that he's at work, I look at his word and it says, what does it take? What are we called to do? Elihu told Job, remember chapter 1, Job is the most righteous man in the land. Everyone says, there's the example you need to be like. You need to be like Job. Job 42, he says, now that I've seen you, Before I heard of you by the hearing of the ears, but now my eyes have seen you, and I abhor myself. I hate myself, and I repent in sackcloth and ashes. When we get a glimpse of the holiness of God and see ourselves in reflection, all we can do is cry out and say, forgive me. And as we do that, as we confess that, as we go before a holy God, He touches and changes our lives and uses that revelation in the lives of the people around us. We are called to be lights in this world. That means the light has to be in us, shining out. That light of life as God has touched and changed our life, as God has made us into new creatures, as God has shown Himself mighty. So that even as we just read in Matthew, Jesus went up to a mountain and the people came and he ministered to them. As we go through this life, as we interact with people, the love of God shining through us, the love of God that permeates our very being will draw people that are hurting and we are called to be lights in the midst of their life. We are called to show the love of God to them. Final passage, Acts 26, beginning with verse 12. Paul is recounting his testimony. It says, while thus occupied, and thus occupied means I, was, I had letters from Jerusalem. I was going to, to Damascus to get the Christians, to round up the believers in the way that they might be turned over to the synagogue. While thus occupied, as I journeyed to Damascus with authority and commission from the chief priest, at midday, O king, along the road I saw a light from heaven, brighter than the sun, blotting or shining around me and those who journeyed with me. And when we had all fallen to the ground, I heard a voice speaking to me, saying in the Hebrew tongue, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It is hard for you to kick against the goads. So I said, who are you, Lord. And he said I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. But rise and stand on your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose, to make you a minister and a witness both of the things which you have seen and of the things which I will yet reveal to you. I will deliver you from the Jewish people as well as from the from the Gentiles to whom I now send you, to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Jesus appeared to Paul on the road to Damascus. A bright light shining from heaven knocked all of them from their horses. Blinded Paul, you know the story. Saul, he's not Paul yet, but blinded Saul of Tarsus. And he says, But I'm sending you, and I'm sending you. To the Gentiles. And I'm sending you to turn them from darkness to light. I'm sending you to turn them from the power of Satan back to God. That same commission is on each and every one of us. To be the lights and the people around us. To turn them from the the things of Satan to the things of God. Not everyone's going to receive it. Not everyone will be receptive. Their reaction is not our responsibility. Our action is our responsibility. Are we going to be obedient to God as he sends us to be lights in this generation? To bring the light of life, to bring the hope that is in salvation, to bring the good news, the gospel to the people around us. Are we going to be obedient to him or not? Because that's the account we have to give. Jesus said, for every idle word we speak, we'll give an account. If we have to give an account for every idle word we say, don't you think we're going to have to give an account for whether or not we were obedient to God? Lord, help me. Help each and every one of us, Father. You've called us to be lights in the midst of the darkness. We can see the darkness. Help us to be faithful in being the light. Father, we thank you. We thank you, Father, that you have redeemed our lives from destruction that you have taken us out of darkness and into your marvelous light. That you have made us new, taken out the stony heart and given us a heart of flesh. Written our names in the Lamb's book of life. That you have redeemed us and not only redeemed us from our sin, but imparted the righteousness of Jesus to each and every one of us, that we stand before the holy throne of God clothed in His righteousness and not our own. Lord, as You've done these things in us, Father, You've called us to be Your hands and feet extended. You've called us to be Your faithful witnesses. You've called us to be ambassadors from heaven. Help us, Lord. Guide us, Father, as we walk through this path in front of us. And Lord, if we find ourselves relying relying on our own righteousness, Father, send an Elihu to us. Send a blinding light from heaven to us. Send someone to say, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Help us, Father, to be that to the people around us. For you called each of us, Lord, to intercede and to care for those people that you place in our path. If everything that comes into our life comes into our life through, through your hands, that means even the, the connections we make with neighbors and friends and family and coworkers and in a restaurant or wherever came through your hand. So no matter what our circumstance, Father, Help us, Lord, to show, to share the light of life with those so desperately needing it. Father, that you be glorified. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more information, visit glbc.dt.org.